Welcome to the Self-Worth Project. If you're ready to heal your toxic patterns, to feel good about yourself without apology, and to create a life that feels supported, juicy, and aligned, this is the podcast for you. So keep listening. What's up, gorgeous friend? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It's your girl, Jen, and I'm oh so excited to be here with you today. If you don't know me, I'm a coach, hypnotist, and healer, and I'm here to share little bite-sized bits of information through this podcast that are designed to help you raise your self-worth. Because even if no one sat you down and told you that that was the most important job for you to do in this life, it actually is. Because without a high sense of self-worth, or at least an adequate sense of self-worth, we are always going to feel behind. We're always going to feel in lack. We are always going to be in comparisonitis. And we definitely aren't going to be sitting in the driver's seat of power in our own life. Raising your self-worth is how you create a happier you. It is how you create a you that goes out there and achieves the goals that you want to achieve and manifest that life that you want to manifest. And it is how you just sit in your power in general. So that is what this podcast is all about. And I know today's episode is going to help you with this. Today, we are talking about three different ways you are outsourcing your own happiness. The reason why it is so important for me to make this episode today is because these things are so common and they happen to so many of us that we might not even realize what kinds of problems they're actually causing. Like we might be making excuses for these behaviors and we definitely might have just been having these behaviors for so long that we have lost sight of the fact that they are even a problem in the first place. So each of these things is a specific idea. There will be a lot of issues around each of these ideas today. We're just going to concentrate on the sort of surface level, but I really hope that you listen into this. And if you find yourself resonating along with any of the things I'm going to talk about today, I want you to just take that as a sign that it is time for you to break this pattern. It is a sign for you to release this, or at least to start imagining what your life would be like without this behavior. And yes, there is life without this, even if you have been doing this since you were a teenager. There's always room for us to grow. In fact, we are supposed to be growing. So many of us are not growing, and that is exactly why we feel dissatisfied and unhappy with life. So if you are feeling overwhelmed by the idea of change, which many of us are, or you're just feeling overwhelmed at this time of year or whatever... You, you can put this on the back burner. You can stick a pin in it. You can come back to it. You don't have to start working on it right now. But I just want you to become aware of this inside of you. I want you to realize that there's something there. And I want you to take that as a sign to begin to look inwards and to perhaps do some deep healing work and reprogramming work on yourself so that you can release this and in turn become a happier, more confident, more powerful version of you. Okay, so the first way that you are outsourcing your own happiness is through perfectionism. Yes, perfectionism is so insidious, and there are so many different ways that we suffer from this. The classic way of thinking about perfectionism is thinking about somebody who has really insanely high standards, and that is the way that perfectionism shows up for many of us. So that would be somebody who's like the typical type A person at work who is going above and beyond in everything. 
an example I like to use, perhaps like a mother who is busy, who's working, who's taking care of the kids and the kids have a bake sale at their school. And this mother is going to feel the need to stay up all night creating these amazing cookies to sell at the bake sale instead of just giving herself the night off, buying some cookies and calling it good enough, right? These are the kinds of things that perfectionists do. They hold themselves just to this really high standard. And in their mind, there's like no other way. Like in this person's mind, in the cookie example, they're probably thinking, well, I can't let people down. Everyone else is going to have homemade cookies. If I show up with store-bought cookies, everyone's going to think that I'm a bad parent, etc." When in reality, that's not the case, right? And in this case where this person is working, when they're overextended, they are just putting more effort into this thing and they're probably not going to get the emotional reward or kickback that they want to from the situation. So therefore it becomes a very draining situation. And then to put that in perspective, if that is the way the perfectionist is going through life, doing that in every single area of their life, of course, eventually this is going to result in burnout because we just can't go that hard. We're not meant to go that hard. The thing is with perfectionism, it sells you this dream. You have this idea in your head, if I can just do everything right, if I go harder, go bigger, go longer, then I'm going to have to get this reward or people are going to have to like me or I'm going to have to get like the mom of the year award. (laughs) Not, Not that there is such a thing, but you know what I mean. Perfectionism is sneaky because no matter how high you set that bar, you can probably think of a little bit higher to raise it. And then you just keep striving and pushing and trying to hustle your way towards this thing that in reality doesn't really exist or doesn't really matter as much as you think it does. We tend to have perfectionist thoughts. However, that is just the perfectionist state on its own, which as you can see, sounds incredibly exhausting and stressful. But the reason why you are having this perfectionist fantasy in the first place is hiding something. It is hiding the fact that you feel deeply unhappy with who you are. You feel like if you leave any room for criticism, if anyone can see a flaw in you, or if you make a mistake, that something bad will happen, or people won't love you, they won't like you, etc. So perfectionism is this thing, like when you're in it and you're doing it and you're feeling like you're hitting all those goals, it can feel really good. It can feel very intoxicating. And sometimes we might even want to keep perfectionism around, maybe in the workplace, for example, because to a certain degree, yes, it can serve a purpose. It can be motivating, but you need to keep an eye on it because it is also so toxic and so draining. And like I said, it is covering up the fact for most of us, most of the time, that we are deeply uncomfortable with who we are. So we end up in this relationship with perfectionism instead of working on the thing that we should be working on, which is learning how to accept us the way we are. Accepting us being messy, accepting us being late sometimes, accepting us not doing all the work all the time, going above and beyond every single time, right? Who would you be without that drive for perfectionism? And would you like yourself? Would you allow the people in your world to like you just as much as they do right now if you didn't have that? Ultimately, to be your most powerful and authentic version of you, you need to look into this perfectionism. You need to understand where your perfectionism is coming from. And if it is hiding 
a low self-worth, which it probably is, then that is what we need to work on the most. It's not about becoming better, doing more, aiming higher. It is about changing that fundamental relationship you have with yourself. That is the key to the happiness, not endlessly chasing perfectionism. Okay, the second behavior where you might be secretly outsourcing your own happiness is very similar, actually. These two are quite similar. And you might have guessed, it is people-pleasing. So people-pleasing encompasses a whole range of behaviors. It it kind of hangs out with codependency, uh, with anxious attachment style. Like These behaviors tend to all be together, all kind of a clump. We have different degrees of these kinds of behaviors if you fall into this category. So people-pleasing looks like being hypervigilant. It looks like you always scanning the people around you to notice what they might need. It's like if you were that person at the dinner table and you notice that your dining partner didn't get a napkin when they sat down, you were the one pointing that out to the server, right? It's that kind of behavior. Like you are scanning around, noticing things before other people do and trying to solve those problems. So again, for many of us, this is just the way we were raised. If we were raised with perhaps a narcissistic parent, or if you were raised to be the good girl, which many of us were, you were raised to be hyper-focused on the people around you above yourself. And again, just like perfectionism, this might seem like a good thing to do, like the right thing to do. When you were a little girl, you probably got a lot of praise for thinking of other people first, right? That is how we create this toxic mindset in adults. We praise little girls for doing this. And I'm not saying that from a conspiracy theory kind of place. I'm saying that from a real place. Like when when you train somebody systemically to always look outside of themselves first, that might seem like a good thing. But what you were actually doing is teaching this person how to betray themselves over time. So there's not that there's anything wrong with making the people in your life happy. There's nothing wrong with wanting to do something nice for somebody. But when it becomes this chronic state where you have to look outside of yourself and look at the people around you and look at all of their needs first, you are going to be choosing yourself last. You might even get into this phase where, and I have been here before, so I know exactly what this is like, where you have even forgotten what it is that you want or what it is that you like. This is exactly what happens when you have spent too much time out of your own mind trying to manage someone else's happiness, someone else's, someone else's emotional state, right? Exactly what happens if you were in a relationship with a narcissist. I think at the end of that, whether that was your parent or romantic relationship, at the end of that, you can be very depleted. If you were the people pleaser in that scenario, because you probably spent a whole lot of time trying to make this other person happy to the point that you became depleted. And perhaps where it's been so long since you've even considered what it is that you wanted that you don't even know anymore. People pleasing is also very seductive, just like perfectionism, because we feel deeply in our bones that if I can just make this person happy, if I can anticipate their needs, if I can crack the joke at the right time, if I can get the server's attention to fix the problem before they notice it, they are going to like me more. They are going to love me more. They are going to choose me. However, 
that is unfortunately not how life works. <laughs> of course, the people that love you and respect you will appreciate those things. But I can tell you, again, from first-hand experience, that there are some scenarios where this just does not work at all. And there are some people out there who are a little bit sick and twisted about this. And like the more that they see you trying to please them, the more they will try to make you do this. And the more that you try to do this, the less happy they will act and the less interested they will be in you. It's like they're getting you to do exactly what they want, but it's also disgusting them at the same time, right? That is definitely a dynamic that happens in narcissistic relationships. It's like they're taking the spark out of you. They're taking the power out of you. And that's the thing they're really getting off on. It really had nothing to do with the people pleasing. It's about turning you around in on yourself so that you're only focused on them and then eventually, most of the time, dropping you or hurting you in some way. People pleasing, obviously, it doesn't always have to do with narcissists. That was a very extreme example. But the same point stands. If you are constantly looking outside of yourself, constantly trying to manage everybody and everything around you, you have outsourced your happiness. Your, happy, your happiness now depends on how those other people think and feel and act. And you are actually not in control of that. Like I said, even if you are doing the thing that they say they wanted or tried to make you to do, that's not a guarantee that they will like you or be happy or whatever. It never is. At the end of that whole equation, of course, you can still, you can run yourself ragged. You can do all these things. You can try so hard You can try your best. You can try for so long to make people like you. And what if they don't? At the end of the day, you are left back here at the same equation, the same thing that you were trying to run away from. You were trying to get their love and their affection and their attention because you did not feel like you had that for yourself. And you can run yourself ragged trying to get it, but at the same time, they still might not give it to you. So then you're back in the same place. Learning how to love yourself, create your own happiness, feel confident, stand in your skin. These are the skills that you really should be working on because you can take those with you. You can take those into any relationship anywhere. They're beneficial to you everywhere. They're beneficial to every relationship you take them to. Your relationship doesn't have to be contingent only on the other person. It becomes contingent on both of you, but only if You have your own back and you know how to make yourself happy and you start prioritizing yourself. Okay, and the final sneaky way that you might be outsourcing your happiness, this one is actually three different things, but they relate very closely together. So I'm counting it all together as one. And you might have heard me talk about this before. This is seeking validation, seeking approval, or seeking compliments. So again, none of these things are necessarily bad once in a while, or if we do them here and there, for example, seeking approval from our partner, like that isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like we all want that. We should all probably be craving that on some level. However, what I'm talking about in this situation is only looking for validation because you don't know how to validate yourself. Seeking that outside approval in whatever way you want to get it because you don't know how to approve of yourself and you can't approve of yourself unless you get someone else to approve of you first. 
And the same thing with the compliments. It's like you are seeking a compliment about how you look today, about your hair, whatever. Because if you don't hear someone else give you that, then you don't feel justified in thinking it to yourself. So these all work together. These are all things that you can probably look around you and see your friends and family doing these things. You can see people trying to get validation. You can see people trying to get approval. And you can probably notice it in yourself when you are trying to do one of these things. So again, doing these things one time or doing them here and there, that that does not mean that you're outsourcing your happiness necessarily. It does not necessarily mean that you are having a toxic relationship with yourself. But if that is the only way you can feel good about your choices in life, if that's the only way that you can feel like you've, you're doing the right thing, if that is the only way, if the only way you can feel good about the way you look is because someone said something about how you look, then you know you are putting so much more emphasis on what other people think and not nearly enough emphasis on your own. The, what I want you to see is possible for you here if this one's resonating at all for you. This is like the difference between somebody who gets all dressed up, goes out to the club, feels really good about him or herself, has the time of their life, comes home, and still feels good, right? Like they knew that they looked good, they felt good, they went out, they had fun, and they came home, and they still felt good. And somebody who would be relying on a compliment, for example, perhaps it was the same person. Let's say they're twins. <laughs> the same person gets dressed up in the same way, goes out, but they didn't get a compliment. They went to the same place. They did the same things. And at the end of the night, they came home and thought, oh, my God, I must not have looked good today. No one complimented my outfit. No one complimented my dancing. No one complimented my hair. So I must be a monster, right? It's that kind of thinking. That is the toxic thinking. In any of these cases with perfectionism, people-pleasing, or looking outside of yourself for whatever it is that you need, again, a little bit here and there sprinkled through your life is not necessarily a bad thing. So this is where it really requires you being truly honest with yourself and honest with what's happening in your mind. Because if you are constantly in a state of seeking perfection and never feeling like you are enough, if you are constantly pleasing the people in your, in your world and constantly feeling like you are undervalued or like they just haven't noticed how hard you're working, or if you are constantly looking outside of yourself for that validation, approval, or compliments and just not able to feel good about yourself without those things, then, yes, now you can see why I'm talking about all of these things. It's outsourcing your own happiness. Anytime that your happiness is contingent on somebody other than you, you are setting yourself a trap, my friend. Because we are the only solid thing in our life. You're born with you. You die with you. I always think everyone says it so morbid when I talk about it, but it's true. You have to realize that you are the one looking at yourself in the mirror every day. And you have to start making that person in the mirror your priority. 
I want you to fall in love with them. I want you to truly embrace them. I want you to be able to see them and see their imperfections and see the things they've done in the past and accept all of that. Accept you the way you are, scars and all, mistakes and all. Working your way through any of these particularly nasty little habits is going to take more than listening to just this episode of the podcast today, but I really just wanted to shine a light on that. Shine a light on how you might be outsourcing your happiness and hopefully inspiring you to decide that I am going to do better. I am going to start to make myself a priority. I am going to actually become my own BFF. Now, what does that feel like? If that sounds like a journey that you want to be a part of, then be sure to go over and hit the subscribe button because I would love to have you along here for this journey. If you know somebody that could use this episode, please go ahead and send it over to them. And if you're feeling particularly generous, go ahead and leave me a five-star rating on Spotify or iTunes. I would so, so appreciate your help in getting this message out to the world. Thank you so much for being here, gorgeous, and I will be back here in the next one.